0: G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever service you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. Big show coming your way today, the music of the Tokyo Cyber Squad bringing us in to the start of the show. And don't forget too, if you want to support us, please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review. It really does help us a lot. Walshy, Lyle, good day to you boys. Very good day, Tony. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, mate. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good, considering. Yeah. Lyle, how are you, buddy? Uh, yeah, getting there,
1: mate. Getting there after you know, a rough weekend, you could say.
0: Well, it's been an incredibly sad week, hasn't it, in wrestling. The confirmation, of course, last week of the passing of Shard Gaspard, whose uh, final act was saving the life of his 10-year-old son. His body found washed up from the surf last week. and then. We had that tragic loss of uh, Hannah Kimura. Uh, well, she I didn't know Hannah that much. You followed her career? Yeah, a she bit. was.
2: Um, she, Hannah was um, special. She was only 22 and she'd already done a whole lot in her career. She's a second generation wrestler. Her mother was a Joshi wrestler before her. And essentially, that's what she was born to do. So. Uh, At the age of 22, uh, already in the last eight months, she'd worked in front of a sold-out Madison Square Garden and a sold-out Tokyo Dome, which she's definitely the first woman to ever do that, but she'd be close to the first 22-year-old, male or female. I don't know if anyone else has done that in such a short period. Um, She was also uh, a really, really bubbly and, and, and good person. Like Everyone speaks really highly of her. She um, was on a TV show in Japan called Terrace House, which um, she said she only went on that show because she wanted to bring attention back to wrestling. And she was big on, there's quotes from her where she wants disenfranchised women in Japanese culture um, who maybe have gone through disability, depression, even ex-offenders, she wanted them all to find wrestling and see that wrestling was a great pathway for strength and um, she's going to be greatly missed. I know yeah. Tony that um, you've been doing a lot of work in mental health recently and you've got some pretty strong opinions on this.
0: Yeah, I have Walsh and I sort of made them known on Facebook on the weekend and they were just based around the fact, I just can't understand how people, don't realize the comments that they're making on social media are being made towards a human person, a a person with emotions, a person with feelings, a person who can rationally sometimes rationalize what's being said. Sometimes they can't because it gets too confusing when you're getting absolutely mobbed by people on the internet saying that you're no good, you're hopeless, all this sort of stuff.
2: The stuff she was getting was really dark. They were actually telling her to commit suicide.
0: Yeah, which is just so wrong. I don't know what pleasure people get from that. I I use the terminology, and I've I've thought about this in the last couple of days, actually. And I think we need to start a crusade in regards to... we, we We use the term keyboard warriors for these people. And I just don't think that's the right term. For me, a warrior is someone who's a hero, someone who protects and... And looks after people. I don't think we should be using the word keyboard warriors for this, these people. And I think we need to have a crusade on social media to get that terminology taken out and used, and using something else. Because I don't think these people should be known as warriors. They're absolute fools. They're, they're really, pieces of shit. They can be stronger of than shit fools. Do. And, and I'm, I'm just—I I, want to tempt. I want to temper my language in this because I don't want to go too far over the top because I don't want it to lose the message and I don't want it to be seen you know that' it's, it's anything other than an absolute slap at these people and it's not just people overseas there is so many people here in Australia that do it and it's not just wrestlers that cop it it's footballers it's artists it's uh, whether they be musical or you know painting or theater or whatever it might be it's just anyone who has a public persona that does not give anyone a reason or a right to be able to feel that because you put yourself out in public as your job, that you have the right to then try and knock that person down from doing what they do. And then as a consequence, as we saw on the weekend, and as we've seen so many other times before, and not just public people, but other people, it's caused people to take their lives. We've got to stop it folks. We really do. And as I said on Facebook and my my final comment, the acid test for us has to be in regards to our comments on the internet. If you would not be prepared to make that comment to the person in front of their face, standing in front of them, then do not be prepared to make that comment under a pseudonym or you know hiding behind your keyboard because that is just an absolute gutless act. If you're prepared to say it in front of their face and cop the spray from that person for saying it, or whatever it might be, a punch in the chin or whatever that might be, then you probably are prepared to say it. But I can guarantee you 99.9% of these people would not say that to their face. In fact, 99.9% of these people probably go up to these stars and ask for their autograph and want a selfie taken with them and all that sort of stuff when they're in that situation. It's absolute double standards from people and it's got to stop. It's got to stop now. A 22-year-old has taken their life. Plenty of other 22-year-olds and younger, or older, have taken their lives in the last how many years? We can't afford to lose more people.
2: Yeah, well said, um, Lyle. How, how did it hit you? Uh, I,
1: I, I still, I don't think I'm in the into the uh, the sad part of it yet. I still, I'm still in the anger phase because it's just so senseless and needless, like this death didn't need to happen, you know there wasn't an accident or you know, unfortunate, someone got sick or anything, this is people have, someone has been bullied into taking their own life and at 22, that's that's a brutal tragedy, you know her family and friends and you know, yeah selfishly as fans, we can look at it but like what Tony said I think We've got to, especially with Twitter, because it is it can be the no named and you know you're not registered under your, you know your uh your real name and everything like that. People have just got to call that shit out straight away, report it. Everyone's everyone has to do their bit to try and stop it straight away because I don't. It's not going to stop it. Humans are humans are shit.
0: Um, and that was the worst thing about her comment, Lyle, that she made before she. Took her life was the fact that she basically said she didn't want to be a human anymore.
1: Yeah, she
0: didn't want to be a part of our race because of what the race had done to her. It's, that, that is so sad when we yeah, force people away from wanting to be one of us. Yeah, but it, it's, it's
1: probably true because yeah, oh, you know, and I have no doubt it was.
0: <laughs> people
1: are I and mean, humans are. You know, they can be really sick individuals and and shit people and. Yeah, whatever is going on in their life, maybe they're projecting it to other people. And like what you said about the celebrity Tony, um, I know a little bit of talk online with not, people not defending it, but people in that um, in that limelight and that celebrity, it's well, you, it comes with the territory and stuff like that. I think those kind of those kind of words shouldn't be said anymore.
0: No, that and the. That, that, goes, exactly, that goes exactly down the line of where people say, oh, "I've paid my 50 bucks to go to an event. I should be allowed to say or do whatever I like." What a no, load of what a cock of shit that is! Yeah. Look, let's I- um,
2: let's say there's a difference between giving your opinion um, and critiquing something. Um, that's not bullying, but when you're sending the messages directly to someone, you're using their handle. Um, and it's going beyond criticism. I mean, this was over a reality TV show. Like, yeah. who takes TV that fucking serious? It's mm. it's so <laughs> stupid,
1: especially reality TV,
2: that, which that's... is never reality. And look, no, it's no. such such a petty incident that happened on screen that would have been half scripted. Um, it's yeah, oh, you're right. Lyle, well, it is ang- makes you angry, but yeah, um, it's important that people don't. Remember Hana for the way she died. Um, she needs to be remembered for the way she lived. Um, and then we need to, once the dust has settled, her family have grieved and her fans have grieved, then we look at what we can do to be better. But um, it starts with yourself. Like we've all, we've all said things that we shouldn't say. Um, just be open to your friends tapping you on the shoulder and saying, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't say that." Um, you know, let's 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 take care of each other. But Twitter pylons don't help. Um we've talked about cancel culture before plenty of times on this show. Um cancel culture's part of it. Um and the stand culture, the super fans, it's not healthy. Like as yeah. far as super fans mm-hmm. went when I was a kid was pictures on your pencil case. Like it gets really, really unhealthy now and there's some dark corners of the internet.
0: Yeah it certainly are. Uh, guys, uh Rocky, Ramiro, Rocky Ramiro's episode last week. A lot of uh, good feedback on that. It was, a, it was a great chat.
2: Yeah, look, Rocky was fantastic. And um, I, uh, I really enjoyed his, his new single, Someday, as well. Make sure you check that out if you haven't heard it yet.
1: You can tell the, um, the Australian hip-hop influence from Glass. Definitely. Uh, producing it. So, uh, it's good. It's um, Looking forward to the rest of it to come out.
0: All right, guys, it's time to move on from that and bring on our guest for this week. And it's been a bit of a tough week for everyone, a bit of a tough uh, year, hasn't it, with everything that's been cancelled and the like. The good news for people in Newcastle, though, is that they get Rugby League back this week. The Knights will be playing. They can't go. No, that's true. Uh, Unfortunately, supercars have left Newcastle. They might be back next week, but wrestling might be not too far away as well. And we thought that we'd bring on someone from Newcastle to talk about the situation and have a chat about that and also their career as a wrestler as we speak to a wrestler from Newcastle, uh, Headmaster Rick. Uh,
2: come on, Tony. Yeah, guys,
3: Headmaster- there we go. The master's here. The master of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I totally stopped that.
0: Up. Rick. I think I might have had a bit of a mini stroke before I, uh, when I wrote that before. Headhunter rig, it is.
3: Good day, uh,
0: Headhunter. Do I call you head hunter or rig or what do we call you?
3: Uh, Rig's fine, brother. All right, cool. How are you, Rick? I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Tough times in
0: Newcastle, mate. It's, uh, they, the people love their live sport there. You've been starved it. You're
3: getting rugby league back, which is fantastic. Uh, when are they going to get wrestling back? Mate. We're pushing for it. And uh, we've been locked out of the training centre as well, which, is, which was a bit tough. Um, but we're petitioning to get back uh, as soon as possible. But it's nothing we really want to rush into because you never know um, when a second wave of all this can come around. Has, um, what have you been doing during the break to, to keep uh, in shape? So in shape-wise, I had zero. So Hoffman let me... <laughs> um, let me pick up the scraps from what was taken from the hoose because obviously he owns the joint. So he, he took every little nickel and cranny of whatever's in the hoose. <laughs> um, but I picked up a few plates and whatnot and that sort of kept me going for now. And then I've picked up just searching on the local marketplaces and the, the gum trees and whatnot. But it, it, it's nothing special, but it, it's going to do the job. I, uh, I actually heard Matty Wahlberg call it a uh, kindergarten gym set up. Yeah, uh, he, he's going to take a shot whenever he wants to, but uh, <laughs> the, the weights I do have is like this, Um, it's like a, a bright green on just like an old rusty bar and it looks like the old, a version of the old Hulk Hogan ones you used to get with the headband and whatnot.
2: <laughs> oh, you've got to film some sort of a uh, vignette training with that.
3: Oh, definitely, short, sure. The Return to New Me, I'll definitely do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: Training montage using shitty equipment. Yeah. yeah.
3: So we <laughs> should have someone yelling too-
0: at you. So we shouldn't expect too much first match back. Oh, see, oh.
3: it's it's not. You can ask plenty of the boys. It's not often I'd go down for a bump before everything <laughs> everything sort of hit the fan. But yeah, I, I might be keen to get um get slammed on in that by the time we get back.
0: We we've spoken to a couple of wrestlers about this in the last couple of months. How long a period do you think you need personally, and maybe even guys around you as well, before you can actually step in the ring for a, a proper full match?
3: I was saying this the other day, and I thought it'd be good to go back to training for possibly maybe six to eight weeks would be good. Uh, it, that's if we're training two or three times a week. Yeah. Uh, even if we go first into what we we're doing beforehand with the shows with no crowd, but before we're stepping out in front of like three fifty, four hundred people again, I uh, wouldn't mind getting a probably close to two months worth of shake off the ring rust. The the Newey Pro,
2: um, you've built a really, really strong um, business down there. Like the the crowd's always hot, the shows always get a lot of buzz online. Um, for a regional centre, you guys must be really proud of what you've done there.
3: Yeah, this is something I always speak so highly of because. When everyone thinks of the top tier wrestling in Australia right now, we're going to go straight to PWa in the the inner city scene in Sydney there, but Newcastle has been drawing the the three fifty four hundred sometimes closer to five. Like we have to cut people off at the door five hundred people for years now. Um, but I think it's a lot of the storytelling in Newing is goes beyond years as well. We've had some storylines that have finished, but they've been going for. A year and a half uh, and it's the same fans that continue to come back uh, and they bring pe- different people each time and I think I said it to Wahlberg recently the inner city scene down in Sydney is 18 plus and that's great and it's an awesome rowdy crowd and whatnot but when you can have the rowdy crowd of all the boys at the bar up the back but the first few rows might be children and families it, it's a different scene it makes things a bit different for us guys to work and um, the, um, it's a, it's an awesome learning curve too because working
2: that 18 plus crowd you do one thing but then when you're working in front of the all ages crowd um, it's almost a, it's a more difficult skill to master to play to two
3: audiences at once. Yeah, I tend when I work at Newcastle I think a lot more about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to approach the crowd and get a reaction and whatnot. but if it's more so I tend to get more nervous wise and I, I don't usually get nervous but I get nervous in the Sydney because I feel that like there's more eyes there, um, worldwide, I mean. But yeah, in Newcastle, it's, it, it's a different vibe and uh, the, I feel as though the kids love it.
0: Uh, you, you're exactly right. And I mentioned at the start about the amount of what people in Newcastle love their sport. I've been in Newcastle now the last few years with supercars and I sort of got to, to know the town a little bit and they are a passionate mob. They really are. And if they find something that they like, then they
3: are 100% committed and right behind it. Yeah, that's the... Because I've been to the the Supercars as well the last years they were there. And like, that just brings... I mean, oh, there's a bit of controversy back in when it first came because the local businesses have to close and whatnot. But like the amount of people it brings to the town, and you see how many, is, how many people are passionate about the town and the sport. Even, for example, if I go to the Knights game, uh, it, it might be just one of the crappy old games they're having during... Yeah. The but it's always, it's always a full house of the supporters there. It's the same goes for Newey. Now, now with, the, with the lockdown
1: for you know, nine or so weeks, the Newey roster, how many people will be deep diving into their costume for the Halloween show <laughs> if it runs? If it runs. I know you did a, a great uh, Mick Dundee yeah. and Michael Jackson was great. Yeah. Um, how, how, much, how much effort have you been putting in?
3: Oh, I've had a thought, and I'll I'll break a spoiler here because I do have a note on my phone. And it's got a few ideas, but <laughs> not that I'm putting any out there at the moment. But um, I always think about I think about the day after Halloween, because just I want to make it better next year. I, I think a lot of people put um a lot of effort into it. I'm sure there's a lot of people on the roster that've been um thinking about it so far. But I don't know. I'm unsure what I'll come up with this year, but I hope it's a banger again. The last two have been an absolute blast. How much pressure is on you the year after you've you've got a great costume? I it's was um, I was struck for ideas when it came to doing the Michael Jackson one because the when Dazza and I had done Steve Irwin and Mick Dundee, and the reaction was so hot. Like we, yeah, it was just crazy. But then I think Ivan spoke to UG. Well, I'm pulling back the curtain, but that's all right. <laughs> I, I, I haven't spoke to Ugg, uh, you know, He doesn't speak much. There we go. I'll keep the fact. <laughs> but um, he um, I said to him, I said, "You got any ideas, bro?" And he, just, and he said Ugg And then I, he just he just grunted <laughs> to you. Yeah, because I think the ori- the original concept was I was going to do like the the thriller MJ, and he was just going to do. The same thing, but it was the, the big werewolf gimmick where it has the collar jacket on in the oh, video. nice, yeah. But, yeah, we didn't get around to it. thing, he was a bit uptight and didn't spend the money, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would have been no shortage of people uh, wanting to be zombies, would they?
3: Oh, I was struggling to find zombies. Really? I don't know if people don't want to be on the, the body the over, or they're too buddy, big headed or whatnot, but no one wanted to be me zombies. It was the very last minute. It was on the day as well.
2: Yeah, that's tough. Get a few of those dingoes from Sydney.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, who was the fun police? Who refuses to dress up?
3: That's the thing because I was like, who, who doesn't? Like, I'll praise Jimmy Townsend here because he put his hand up and just, I let him just do the schoolboy, but as a zombie. But then I asked a few other people and they might have said, oh, I've got another job for the show. But it's, it's not even five minutes of the show. So it's it just people helping around. I've gone, come on, like, give us a handy. Oh, I've done the zombie for Robbie Eagles once. And that's like one of the memories me and a few of the boys always keep close to us because we always have a laugh that we were under the ring for the whole show. And then we come out <laughs> crawling out from underneath. And then now look where we are. So
2: <laughs> Maybe Robbie could return the
0: favour.
3: Well, I've asked him a few times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like you always get you go. You have a mad Monday after footy season, and you always got the one or two blokes that haven't even put any effort in. Yeah, they rock up in their shirt and their jeans. Like, come on, mate, have some fun. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Um.
2: So you have kept busy during the break. Uh, Um. You've started your very own podcast, Conversations with the Chief. Um. How long was uh, that in the planning. <laughs> Not long, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so like us. We, were, we, we decided then three days later we're on air.
3: Um, I was super bored, obviously, when we went to the whole lockdown thing. I started doing the Instagram live chats every Wednesday with a few of the boys just to get out there. Um, and I seen on like a social media sort of gimmick there online that it, it's good for the, the socials if you do an Instagram live. And I did game a few followers and whatnot from it. Uh, but then I've always been a huge podcast fan. I was even like standing at the back when you done the one at Coliseum when you were with rocks, I think.
2: Yes, yes. That was a good
1: that was yeah, good.
3: We've we yeah. seen you there. Obviously, I was hungover as fuck. I was just um <laughs> scouting my opponent for the night that night. So but yeah, other than that, I just thought I'll I'll give it a go. I, I went to Robbie for a bit of advice on how to do it and whatnot. But other than that, it just sort of went from doing the Instagram lives to making it a full, full-on thing. And it gives me something to do as well. And um, other than that, it's been a blast. I've had a few good chats to a lot of the guys. So I'm happy with it.
0: Now, it's a fantastic name for a podcast, Conversations with the Chief. Have you picked up a whole lot of listeners who thought they were going to listen to Paul Harrigan? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm sure that when I put it up on Spotify the other day, I usually put the oh, what's the buddy um the categories for is yeah. one MMA's one, and I don't know. I think the first few ones I put entertainment or outdoor or something, but this last one I put up with Wahlberg. I think I put it under rugby. So I no, like well. see people going, "Oh, Chiefs! Chiefs got onto the podcast." How's man. that? <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a cease <laughs> and
2: desist. Yeah. <laughs> um. And it's good to have... There's a lot of really good podcasts in Australia at the moment and it's, it's good to be offering something else. Like, you're talking to guys that you work with and you train with um, and it gives people a different insight again.
3: Yeah, see, I, I was thinking the other day because I was listening to Bonds' and I've listened to all his now and it's very unlike... It is behind the scenes, but it's very in-depth of things like fans might not know about. And then, like, Robbie's one... I had no clue about what the backyard scene was about. Robbie's one's good. Yeah. And then when I started talking to the boys, it was just 10 times more laid back. I pulled I pull back the curtain more than I should. I think the curtain's been torn down on my podcast now. <laughs> but um, even just watching some of the stuff the, the bigger federations in the, the business put up these days, they're always pulling back the curtain. So I think the fans enjoy that in a way. But it's been good to just sit down not too much in character, and just have a chat, and the, the fans seem to be enjoying it. So, I
0: think that I think thirty years ago used to be thick and black. I think now it's very, very thin and light.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, think I mean the, the the good good thing
1: about how you're doing your podcast, it literally is a conversation. It's yeah. not you're not asking questions. You, you can tell that you guys, you know, Like I listened to the Maddie Wahlberg one and the the Carter Deems one. You guys are just shooting this shit, probably what you would be doing after a gym session or after, after a, over a few beers or something like that. So, yeah, people are just getting in inside of you guys talking about coming up in the wrestling business together, training together, and trying to work to get on bigger and better shows.
3: I, I think it's good. I think that was one of the good things when I caught up with Wahlberg Racing because that goes back to when everything started. We hadn't caught up since everything turned to crap. Um, so it was him coming over, and that was just the, the chat. Like obviously, we got to give the listeners the insight of what he's done so far, but it was basically just us catching up. So I think that was why it was one of the most enjoyable ones I've done. Yeah, that fly-on-the-wall stuff.
2: People think they're listening to something that they shouldn't he, be hearing.
3: Correct. Yeah. And he brings his own uh,
1: young boy over, Jimmy Townsend, and he uses your toilet. Just, just, did he just come over? Because he's ran out of toilet paper at his house.
3: The story there, he wasn't invited, mate. I just sent the invite <laughs> to Warburg. but he, he decided to bring him along for the ride. So he's all right, Jimmy. He goes all right.
2: Um, Rig, when we're talking to people and we're asking them who to watch or who they want to get in the ring with, even someone like um, Ryan Eagles, who, who when he was listing the guys he want to work with, your name comes up. A hell of a lot um what does it mean to you when you hear guys that you respect wanting to work with you and get in the ring or tag with you
3: yeah i love to hear it it's it's a good boost in the in the confidence but i think it just goes to how hard everyone trains because when we think about it everybody's putting everybody's name out there uh, and i think it's good as a community that we're all um building each other up and whatnot and yeah when i do hear like people like that um put me over to, to that extent. It, it's good because it feels like I'm doing something right and it just makes me want to push even harder. So you
2: haven't travelled a lot outside of New South Wales yet. Is that something that's really on the list for the next 12 months once you start back again? Because I know we'd love to see more of you down here.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's on the cards. Um, I, was, I definitely try to keep in touch with a, a few sort of key names in different companies in a, each state. And I do want to contact them on lot to see their dates and see if they mix. Obviously, my heart is at Newcastle and PWA. But if dates don't clash, I'm definitely putting it down in the books to see what I can to, um, to get there. It's definitely on you, cards.
0: You've got a cave that you can stay in down in Victoria now, which is good. <laughs> yeah, definitely, for sure. want to
2: stay at Royce's house. He lives too far away. No,
0: correct. I was, I was having a look through your list of matches and do you, is. I, some impressive bouts for you, but the one that really struck out for me and and what must have been a great night for you guys, especially at Newey Pro, was to have Mike Quackenbush as part of a uh, a four-way tag uh, on the night back in, I think it was uh, in August of last year, and uh, you being his
3: teammate. Talk us through that. That was very late notice. (laughs) We... I believe the match was supposed to be Mike Quackenbush and the Babes. Um, so a few things fell through, which is also would have been a banger match. But yeah, Hoff obviously being in charge in Nui Pro, he sees trust in us guys, Dazza and Carter Deems, uh, with myself. So he just thought, I'm going to give my guys the rub. Um, and then we met with Mike during the whole week because we'd done a big training week with him, and we got to build a, a good friendship with him. And that match for us was just a sort of Sit back, learn, <clears throat> and experience what it was like to be in that sort of that sort of match. <clears throat> the nations are used to it because they're going over there. They're doing King of Trios. Mm-hmm. They know yeah, Mike, and yeah. Mike. For us, we've basically said, um, "Get a thanks for training us," and then we get to get in there and be his uh, tag team partner. So that I think we all say, if you are going to speak to us, that they'd be up there and probably in our top one or two matches that we've done.
2: Well, I know you- that when we spoke to Mike, it was. Just listening to him talk for an hour was such a learning experience for us. Uh, for you guys, firstly training with him for a week, but then to have that match, um, how, how much do
3: you learn? It's, it's too much. You learn too much. Um, we basically get to learn so much because each day is something different. There's days where you'll do 12-hour sessions where it will just be – four hours and a break and you do more and more and more and more. Um so you yeah. learn so much and you take away especially I'm so grateful to have that tag match just what we spoke about because I think going into if I was going to go into another eight man tag now, I'd have a good mindset what to do, what's going to get reactions um, and where we're gonna go. But yeah he I, I can't put that over we we done a, a um online session with Mike recently and I learned more again from that and that was another two hour session. So mm-hmm. he, the guys are genius.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, Coliseum earlier and obviously we were up there for the live podcast and stuff. What was it like watching the tournament? Yeah, you know, I know you had a had a um a multi man match. Is that trying to get yourself into the tournament? Is that something obviously motivation wise you want to get in into that this year next year
3: yeah i think if no one's pushing to get in uh you're doing something wrong but yeah one i think it was night one i got to just sort of be a fan that night as night two we had the, the four-way but yeah night one definitely fueled the fire seeing those first round matches because uh, that's where everyone wants to be and obviously yeah you see like your name online get thrown in the hat and say oh, we'd like to see rigging and whatnot um but if, if it's not this year, um, you've got a whole year to push to get in next year. Uh, but that is the place where you want to be. So it's definitely top of the goal list. But however long it takes, I'm going to try and push as hard as I can to make it the shortest time. So. And this One year, there's a the lot of
1: opportunities. Notice, oh, sorry.
3: No,
2: you go.
1: Yeah. One of the things I did notice was um, you guys, like, um, you know, the Beach Bum Buddha, Carter Deems, yourself, were fans that night you guys were standing not far from where we were uh, is it is that just a truly sydney thing or new south wales thing because i don't think that happens a lot down here where you you guys are literally cheering on your mates
0: and no one annoys the hell out of you
3: oh, well, some some people do yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's tends to be an only a, a sydney obviously i haven't been anywhere else but uh yeah, we like to do it. Sometimes they say, hey, guys, let's um, stick to backstage tonight. If you want the, the room to be full of just the fans. But if we get the opportunity to go and support everyone, we're going to. Um, but yeah, It's the same at Newcastle. But obviously, at Newey, we have like a big board and we can sort of stand behind that near the merchandise. But yeah, we, we enjoy it because like at the end of the day, everybody's a fan. So, um, yeah, we, we enjoy standing there cheering everyone as much as we want to do be in the ring. But yeah, it's good to be a fan. The Coliseum weekend, um, obviously
2: most people in Australia who listen to our podcast won't have had the opportunity to head up to that weekend. Um, give a sales pitch about how awesome
3: that weekend is for a wrestling fan in this country. So obviously, the if you, you guys are there all weekend. So you would have seen the Fan Fest, which you were a part of. I, I'm, I'm unsure if that's been done before the Fan Fest. Um, but that's something that was bring a lot of fans in, they could come to that, they could meet the wrestlers, get photos, interact in different ways, play video games and whatnot, buy merchandise, and then they can go out and have some dinner, and by the time they come back, the show's it's good to go. And then the show's top to bottom, night one and two, are the best that the country put on by these, the amount of eyes we've got on these shows, these cards have to be top notch. So you know if you're going to come and you're going to spend the money to come see see Coliseum night one and two, you're going to get the best cards that PWA can can put forward and you're going to get the best talent. And you're going to get the hungriest fans as
2: well. So the atmosphere inside the venue is really hot. Uh, It's almost um, the hottest crowd I've ever been in was uh, the night before Super Showdown at MCW. That's the level of crowd that you're getting um, at Coliseum, especially in height one when the crowd are, are really buzzing. Yeah,
3: I think the, the the rowdiness of like a <laughs> an over eighteen on the piss, everyone froths wrestling. Uh, I don't think Colosseum is the show you really oh come see this show because you don't have enough time to get that person who doesn't like wrestling tickets. So everyone who's buying the tickets is, is like a hardcore. They support the scene. Uh, they love Australian wrestling, so they're just over the top rowdy, and we love that as well. So, Rig, you're well-known for your cannonball.
2: Uh, do you think that there's anyone else in Australia who has a cannonball that can hold a candle to yours?
3: I was going to say the country. I'm, I'm probably give it a no. Um, I know there's plenty in the country and whatnot, but I, I, I like to think it's more... Kellyanne's got a solid one. Oh... Uh, yeah, doesn't she? <laughs> 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 She's going overseas soon, so I'll put her as. No, a, count a her. She's young. Yeah. Yeah, ring of honour. I um, yeah, I love Kelly. She's good, but other than that, like, I I used it because I put on a heap of heap of size during 2019. I feel as though if I can get the height still and tuck into the big ball, um, about 115 kilos of meat coming down on you is a, is a pretty good finish. Oh. And I started using it as the finish because it, it did used to just be like a, a mid-match thing, but uh, the the um, hype it sort of got online surprised me a bit because it wasn't huge for me when I was doing it. It was just fun. Um, it, it doesn't really hurt me. It's it's more it's more to them. So, <laughs> but when um, <laughs> I seen that Travis Banks, like, he, he was nice enough to say um, that it was, it's a he's a fan of it and he's going to use it on TV, which I was fine about. Um, because obviously he's not 115 kilos and using it as a finish. But um, it, was, it was nice that he asked as well. So I always hats off to him for that.
2: Um, and that's the thing. It's a good finisher because you can do it to anyone and it does look like it hurts. Oh, I've heard it does.
0: <laughs> Mate, you mentioned the hype on the internet that the cannonball received. We were talking before we interviewed you in regards to the tragic circumstances over in Japan on the weekend with Hana and uh, what happened there. The hype on wrestling social media-wise here in Australia, is it
3: as bad as we we think it is? Can it be? Yeah, I think it can be. Uh, And I saw it as a bit more of a a scary thing because I'm at a similar age to her as well. Um, Not that I'm really affected by it as bad as what she was. But I feel I feel as though this stuff happens every day. It's gonna be. It's not saying we can stop straight away, um, but it was tragic and it, it was super sad because I feel as though uh, I I knew a few people in the in the business that that knew her and whatnot. So it's hard to see your friends and whatnot go through a, a loss. And it's it's a loss to the whole the whole uh, business as well. It was just tragic, as you said.
0: Has there been times backstage where you've seen people who have been affected by comments that they may have? Red?
3: Um, not that I've seen backstage. Okay. Um, but sometimes some, some people might get a comment while they're in the ring or whatnot, and we see that a lot, but it's, it's usually shut down pretty hard these days. Yeah. But I've never been backstage when there's been an online sort of one, as you said. As I said, like, the, the, the call-outs and the comments that fans sometimes still say, mostly we've had a few with the girls um, but a lot of the girls now are strong enough to, to bite back or be smart enough not to say anything back and just sort of talk to someone else about it. Yeah,
0: there seems to be some sort of culture that in sporting fans here in Australia, especially where they believe that they pay a few dollars at the door to go see a show, whether it be football or whether it be wrestling or whatever it might be, and that entitles them to have free reign of anything. That's,
3: people just have to understand that's not the way. Yeah, yeah, you, you pay the money, you, you're a fan, you enjoy the show and you go home, that's it.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, Australian fans um for wrestling they are fairly we do they do monitor themselves a fair bit in the venue, which is pleasing. Um and I feel like it's been a lot of hard work from a lot of the promoters that sort of put that message across of, you know, we're not going to tolerate that.
3: Yeah, 100% agree.
2: Um so, everyone lists you as, as someone they want to work with. Who are the guys and girls that you haven't had much of a chance to, to wrestle yet that you really want to, to do some more with?
3: Um, definitely, only because like, he's a, a good mate and whatnot, but we've never really jumped in the ring for a singles is, um, unit, Nick Berry. Um, just because we, we've gotten along since the day we met, but we've never really jumped in to have a bit of a, a bit of a wrestle. Other than that, I haven't really had too much of an opportunity to do a singles with Jess Troy. Um, yeah. And I feel as though she – obviously, everyone knows she's an incredible talent. More interstate-wise, definitely maybe – I've had one singles against Rat Daddy, and it was really fun. And it was entertaining, but it was on a tour show. Um, so it was very kid-friendly, but I wouldn't mind having a, another singles with Rat or Tommy Knight. Um, I see a lot of good stuff from him and a lot of people tend to say online that they like to see us go against each other. And, of course, like the main one is just Royce because he's always bugging me and he's a little brat. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a testament, isn't it, to the amount of talent that is
2: all around the country? Yeah, that's definitely right.
0: One of the things yeah, that yeah. I noticed when we went up for Coliseum rig was the fact that the style of wrestling in Sydney is probably a bit different to the style of wrestling in Melbourne. Sydney seems to be a lot more technical wrestling. Melbourne doesn't seem to be that way. Is that something that you wouldn't have a, 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 an issue adjusting to coming down here to wrestle?
3: Yeah, I personally wouldn't say my um, style is technical. My trainers are technical, I know yeah. that. But I've adapted to sort of doing what I want, I want to do and I like in the ring. But I feel as though... Um, what, what is the this, is this style more Melbourne, in Melbourne? Is it more sort of entertainment? Or the, more? Yeah, there's
0: more, yeah, there's not that much of the grappling and all that sort of stuff that you see or that I notice definitely at Coliseum. I mean, yeah. Dowie's
2: as good technically as anybody in the country. But
0: yeah, yeah
3: um, it's a lot more of a mixed bag, I think. Yeah, see, I, I don't think I'd have trouble adjusting. Um, Neither do I. I think it'd just be a, a fun ride. It'd be something different. Yeah, but I, know, I definitely know what you mean with the the Sydney. It's very technical, and that's good because we're as uh, trainees, we're getting trained to, to properly wrestle, and that's the sort of wrestling you want to learn before you can branch out and do some of the other crazy stuff, or character wise and whatnot.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, what's it like with on these uh, IWA tours? You jump in a car for a road trip, the group of group of good 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 brothers and. Uh, hit three or four shows in a, in a few days over a weekend. What's that like?
3: Yeah, it's it's probably one of the best fun that I've had in the, the few years I've been around. It's just we're so well looked after. Uh, we get in, we smack out the ring. We get to go see the town and hang out with the guys, do a show that's basically, I say it all the time, these are the towns that get wrestling once a year. Um, so the, the crowd's always full of energy and we're getting close to 350 each night. Um, and just to be around the guys is probably some of the best memories we make on tour, especially at the start of the year. We get to do like sometimes a four- or five-day one that normally starts on a Wednesday and goes through to a Sunday. Uh, So this is something I always speak highly about, and it's always a good crew. There's no issues. There's no beef with anyone. We're all there because we love the same thing, and it's probably the most fun I would have had so far. There must be someone that you'd prefer not to be in the car with for an hour or two. Oh, good one, mate. Um, <laughs> maybe Kai Drake, if he comes along. <laughs> <laughs> but there'd be no food left. No no way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tony could take him in an eating contest, couldn't you, Tony? Ah, he says I, he I, could. Yeah.
0: Well, I reckon I could. We'll need to organise something next time we go up to Sydney, I think.
3: Yeah, he's a bloody savage
0: old guy, right? I, I do have the title of being the hot dog eating champion of, really? uh, of Melbourne at a darts competition yeah. a couple of years back and uh, also a pie eating champion as well. So, uh,
2: Also a cold bloody um, potato cake eating champion from when we were trying to film something. What, Those things whatever. have been sitting on, on set for two hours.
0: Whatever. Oh, hockey pucks. <laughs> I'll take it all. Hey uh, Rig, we really appreciate your time today, mate. Thank you. I, I think we might, before we finish up, did we get some questions from listeners, guys, that we want to throw towards Rig?
2: I think we threw them in already. I yeah, we <laughs> might have stolen most of those questions. Done. Um, but uh, just on the podcast, Rig, uh, who's this week's episode for people who haven't checked it out yet?
3: Uh, when's this one coming out? What we're doing? Thursday. Tomorrow. Thursday. Tomorrow. Uh, so the next guest. Um, so recently, just. When we're recording this today, it was Matty Warwick that come out. But next week will be uh, Parker Thomas from Newcastle Pro Wrestling, uh, which is some no one's really heard before. Uh, It's a bit of a, he sort of keeps by, but he's probably up there with one of the nicest guys in the business. And he actually um, speaks a lot on mental health towards the end of it um, and his past experience. So that was the sort of shift change in the first time of my episodes that someone's gone deep into mental health and happiness and whatnot.
0: Yeah, fantastic.
3: And that's
2: fantastic. Getting to hear from people who possibly aren't getting that light shone on them a lot, and that's going to be part of the beauty of your podcast.
3: Yeah, one hundred percent. He's a great guy, and everybody has so much time for him. So I'm glad that I got to sit down and talk to him for an hour and um, get a good insight of what he's been through and whatnot.
0: Well, boys, I think we need to have a chat to rig after this about the possibility of getting uh, his podcast on mypodcasthouse.com. No, I'll chat to him. Yeah, that's I think you, that's your
2: that. that's your job done <laughs> we need
0: we need more great content
2: sure.
0: mate thank you so much for joining us really do appreciate it uh, hopefully it's not too far away and you guys are back in the ring and doing some fantastic work up in Newey for sure thanks guys enjoy and good luck well, to the night hopefully well. goes ahead
2: because oh, yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm ready to book flights
0: yeah let's yep. head hunter rig joining us here on the turnbuckle Welcome back, part two of the program. Good interview with uh, Headhunter Rig there, boys. He's a, a lovely guy.
2: He's a cracker. Everyone says how good of a bloke he is, and he's an underrated wrestler as well, because I think that's due to the fact that he's only really wrestled in New South Wales so far, but um, definitely one to watch moving forward.
1: Yeah, hopefully we see him a bit further down our way, you know, maybe 2021. When all this uh, COVID stuff's out of the way. And, um, yeah, recommend his podcast. It's, it literally is a conversation. And you're, you know, you're a fly on the wall of them. Yeah, you know, he's a knockabout about bloke, you know, just having a laugh with his mates and having a beer. So, yeah, it's right. really good. Beauty we will uh, hook into that.
0: Let's uh, move on, guys. AEW Double or Nothing took place on the weekend. Thoughts?
2: Um, for me, the, the first half of the show was a bit slow, like, um, I really didn't like the casino ladder match, I think the concept's fine, but for me, it was a little bit overbooked, and I thought the first half of the show, was really overbooked, Um, but the last three matches, and possibly the, the other, the first good match that I really liked, was the one between Jungle Boy and MJF, and then I really enjoyed the last three matches, I think the girls title match, knocked it out of the park, um, Moxley, with the exception of kicking out of every finisher, um, that was a really good match. Hard hitting, and then the Stadium Stampede was a lot of dumb fun. Um, yeah, very much like the Survivor Series match.
1: Yeah, the Stadium, the Stadium uh, Stampede match. That has to hopefully they do that uh, once a year um, if they can book it with the right people. Yeah, you know, the I'm a bigger NFL fans, so a lot of the football puns that they did, they popped me. Um, you know, breaking down in the middle of the match of just having a having a whiskey, you know, with um, Hager and Hangman, and you know, just it's yeah, just super fun the whole the whole time. You know, Sammy is amazing at what he does. You know, being the uh, the comedy character for everyone. You know, they're, he's going to take everyone's finish. He's going to he's going to die every match. You know, and uh, the show overall was I thought it was great. Um, yeah, definitely the last three matches were all great. I'd like to see the MJF and Jungle Boy. If it had a crowd that MJF could riff off a little bit more, it, I think it would have really put it into that good to great category. But it was um, good
2: to see him. Um... Because he didn't have the crowd, he did less of that and more wrestling. So, it was good to see another side to his character. Probably the best match either of those two have had in AEW.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, same as what you said. I thought the the first half of the match was a little bit slow for me. I wasn't invested in some of those matches. The um, Casino Royale match, there's something there. The idea is right. I probably went on eight, nine minutes too long for Myself, it was a lot of everyone's laying on the floor while two guys wrestle, and then they just jump back in for another big spot.
2: There's a lot of moving parts in that match,
1: yeah. So, but there's definitely something there. What
2: do you think of uh, the machine Brian Cage? I'm not a Brian Cage fan, so I found that underwhelming. Um, and Brian Cage isn't like Brian Cage having the next title shot, um, it's it's pretty meh. Like he's not going to win the title, so it's yeah. they haven't built anyone. Um, and I felt like if you're going to make him your big, a big, the big star to come out of that match, he probably needed to be even stronger in the match. But um, I mean, if I was going to have, if you're going to make criticisms, though, you're being a bit nitpicky of the results and things. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they go with the um, with the main event moving forward because. They really did wipe out Jericho's team. They, none of them were involved in the finish. So, it was a pretty much a whitewash. So, I'm interested to see what they do to regroup. But um, I'm sure they must have something planned.
0: Speaking of planning, are we planning on going on Jericho's boat, his cruise?
2: In the current climate, Tony, would you be happy getting onto a cruise ship?
0: Probably not this week, but down the track, maybe. Yeah, I'm probably be, not getting on a cruise ship in the next
2: 12 months.
1: I'd say longer than that for my for myself. It'd be tough to, yeah, living with uh, 2,000 people. It yeah, might be two years for, for myself, I think.
2: And if there's one thing I know, whenever I go to the wrestling, there's one place that there isn't a line. And that's at the wash basin to wash your hands. So I'm, I'm not sure I want to be on a cruise full of wrestling fans.
0: Uh, Hey, WWE took a page out of the AEW playbook for the no crowd shows. Yeah, Yeah, they got the
1: uh, NXT rookies in the crowd now, uh, cheering and carrying on.
2: And um, it's the right thing to do. Uh, I think that this has been unprecedented times (laughs) and in some areas, uh, WWE have done the right thing first and have been copied and in a lot of other areas, AEW have done. Like definitely the way they shot their matches early was was definitely the tight sh- the tight camera angles and stuff worked better and having the the people in the crowd definitely helps the atmosphere. So I'm glad to see WWE adopting that. Yeah, took them a while though. It seemed like they were
1: a bit stubborn on it. Maybe they didn't want that. Oh, they're just stealing an idea from AEW. But Jesus, it makes it makes the shows a lot better when there's some sort of noise. Mm-hmm.
2: The, the reason group. I read, the reason I read is that Vince didn't want to do it because um, they were already copying criticism for running, and he yeah. didn't want to have um, like he didn't want the optics of having extra people yeah. uh, can... in the shots. That's fair. Sir. That's um, now that a lot That's of those fair. restrictions have been relaxed a bit, but, and he's also I think he might have seen it for the, probably the yeah. first time when he was watching. He, he might have had a look at um, Double or Nothing. I think uh, that might have swayed him. Yeah.
1: Just with the... What do you think of the main event of the AEW show with the piped in crowd noise and chants and stuff?
2: I assumed that those chants were coming from back in the arena where they filmed I, the rest of it. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, so they were watching live on screen. I don't know.
2: But that's, what yeah. I, that's, what I, that's how I felt like. I assumed it's like when you're watching an old episode of WWE and um, people are, um, yeah, and they have a, a match that's like from a bar somewhere else, and the the, the video is on the screen.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: I, didn't know. I don't know if that's what happened. But that's what that's what I went straight to mind.
0: Yeah. Uh closer to home boys, PCW announcing that they're gonna to return to holding live shows from the twenty-seventh of June.
1: Yeah, they're the ignition show and it's already sold out. The fifty tickets, because they can only have a crowd of fifty, and that those tickets are already sold out as well. There you go. So, yeah, the wrestling
2: next few fans shows want are on wrestling as well. Yeah, so it'll yeah. be interesting. Um Every company is going to approach this differently. Um, PCW own their arena. So there's a lot more they can do to try and keep it COVID safe. And 50 people in that venue is not going to be a lot of people. So um, I think it could work. Um, and I'll, I'll uh, back them in. But um, I think a lot of other companies are going to take a more cautious approach. And I don't think anyone's right and anyone's wrong. We'll just wait and see what happens.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Uh, If you're looking to go to a wrestling school and you live out in Melbourne's West, especially out near Melton, good news. There's a new one just opened up.
1: Relentless uh, School of Pro Wrestling. Tony, would be the one you're talking about. Uh, Yes. The trainers of uh, JXT, Big Rig, Fun Time Phil. Uh, He's got a couple other names that he goes by, which is uh, always fun. Um, And Jake... Navarra as well. Which,
2: um, yeah, so good known. luck to the guys so out in Melton. Um, I know that JXT's trained in a lot of places. He's also had WWE tryouts and I know Phil's got a ring and he's been working around the indie scene for a long time and trained in most schools in Melbourne. And Jake Navarro's a qualified PT and also uh, did a fair bit of training Um at the wwe performance center so they've got um some good selling points and another good place to for people to train that can only be a good thing
1: you don't have to travel over the bridge
0: yeah exactly well if you want to it's there uh dark side of the ring boys your favorite show season three has been announced which is good
2: yeah so they're having another season they uh to shine a light on some of the more unsavoury stories from the wrestling industry, um, that last episode, the Owen Hart one, was um, was a tough watch. It was a very good episode, but geez, it was it was hard at times.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the um, the family. Uh, if you didn't already think they were well within their rights of you know holding Owen back from the WWE Hall of Fame and stuff like that, if you watch that. And think otherwise, uh, you're watching a totally different show than most of us. That's for sure. Mm. um, They released a a four minute or five minute little extra bonus to go along there. That's people
2: just sharing Owen Hart rib stories, which is also yeah, that was also good. I do love any time you get the opportunity to listen to any um, any wrestlers talk about those Owen Hart rib stories. Uh, you always end up with a smile on your face um, and a tear in your eye. It's always really uh, uplifting and heartwarming. And uh, I watched those documentaries with my partner and she's not a wrestling fan. And she um, you know, she was invested in the Owen Hart story and the next day I showed her those rib stories and yeah. um, we were both laughing because he obviously was a, quite a character. Yeah, and he didn't have the mean-spirited
1: ribs like, you know, some of the people that he was around at those times. He had the, the light-hearted, the, the fun ribs that, you know, Oh bloody Owen's got me again. That's the sentiment from a lot of my the guys. Favorite,
2: yeah, my favourite ones of his is when they talk about him, um, you know, he was ringing his dad's hotel room, um, it's pretending to be some old-time wrestler, threatening to fight Stu, and Stu comes <laughs> running down to the um, lobby of this hotel wanting to fight, like two 60, 70-year-old men wanting to fight. Um, and then I was just in there laughing, that kind of stuff. It's very funny. Yeah,
1: that's good that, stuff. That, those stories are always good because yeah, all, all those wrestlers have a Stu Hart impersonation as well. <laughs> so that, it's good for that as well. Um, so, yeah, it was a nice way to a little, a little extra to be a bit more
2: uplifting for such a heavy episode.
0: And uh, the NXT brand guys have revived the In Your House series.
2: Yeah, this happened a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't really mention it. And it's it's in a couple of weeks. Um, It's an interesting choice to me because um, if they're chasing the um, 18 to 35 age group, this isn't going to do it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This is a
2: nostalgia. Like, I mean, In Your House is from an era of wrestling that I wasn't even watching. So, um, we'll, 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 I was having a break during that period because weight wrestling wasn't at its best, let's just say. Um, yeah. But it would be interesting to see if they bring back the old set.
1: Yeah, that, that'd be nice. What old is new, I guess. Exactly. And you've got to try something. Try something at this, at this minute.
0: Now, can you explain to me what Cameo is and how it's related to Buff Bagwell? <laughs> um. Cameo, Tony.
2: I think Lyle's frozen. Um, No, I'm here. No, your face is frozen. Looks like you've had a stroke. Um, Cameo is an online uh, website where people pay exorbitant, in some cases, amounts of money to have someone send you a video message.
0: I've Um, signed up for one of those. From who? I don't know. No, Mitchell got me to sign up. He said, put your name on here and someone might ring up and pay you 50 bucks to like do a birthday message or something. Oh, for yourself? You've got your own account.
2: There's a Tony. Yeah. To cameo. Oh, wow.
0: Well, why haven't you been
1: plugging this, Tony? I know. That's good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we could have been plugging this. You know, some of the listeners difficult. might have done
2: it. It's going to be very difficult, Tony, for you to sell a cameo when whoever buys it, you're going to get their name wrong anyway.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's part of the charm. That's what they're paying for.
2: Um, but yeah, Buff Bagwell recorded one, and uh, his face was all bruised up, and he was clearly <laughs> had too much to drink, and it was a very, very z- disturbing sight.
0: Oh wow! Wow.
1: Yeah. He uh, he said he tripped over his dog and ate shit with his face, basically. Uh, oh great. Yeah. Yeah, he, did, he looked that in a bad way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, well. uh, Lyle, your AEW NXT review, what have you got for us this week?
1: Uh, I think you might be skipping over something there, Tony.
0: Yeah, Tony,
2: I think you might be skipping uh,
1: over. Yeah. People I think I I think
2: might have been... got a bit of deja vu last week and I just wanted to apologise that Tony, for some reason, played the intro <laughs> for the week before. On our show. What's going on, Tony?
0: <laughs> I think it was at the same time that I wrote the uh, the intro for Headmaster Rig. Uh, <laughs> I just had a bad period there for a well, second. Well,
2: I mean, our interview with, head, um, with <laughs> Headmaster Rig, um, with Headhunter Rig, uh, also, it took us a long time to record tonight because I feel like you're using some sort of an Atari or a Commodore 64 to record these. Your internet dropped out.
0: It did a couple of times, did so,
2: not it? So many times.
1: No, I, I think Tony's using the old school dial up modem and someone you wanted to use the phone. So that's why his internet stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: he's yeah. still got one of those phones where you have to spin your hand around like from like to every number. Ridiculous. <laughs>
0: I'm, uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not biting. I've been doing meditation the last couple of weeks and I'm no, that's, learning to control myself a little bit.
2: I.
1: I would like to back you up, Tony, and say, you know, we're all under the pump with this COVID thing, but we've been doing this podcast for near on two years, and it's the same.
0: Near on three, isn't it? Near on yes. three. Oh, my God. Feels like I four. Know. I know. <laughs> uh, Lyle's obviously struggling to give us an AEW review. Welsh, did you see it?
2: Well, oh, I did. I was enamored with Double or Nothing, so I checked out AEW and... It seems like after they saw WWE copy them and then go further taking a leaf out of the hockey playbook surrounding the ring with plexiglass, AEW tried to one-up them and went the soccer route. What do you mean? Well, the fans were segregated using barbed wire and overzealous police tactics.
0: (laughs) Obviously, those police guys were uh, AEW Trainees weren't they who were just trying to impress their bosses?
2: no no it's a riot gear and tear gas, mate. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was uh, uh, pretty full on, uh, but um, soccer fans will understand
0: <laughs> that's for sure. All right, well, good news is if uh, AEW ever goes over to a Wembley or something, they're pretty much ready. Well,
2: I think they, they might be going, they were meant to go over and do an English show um, soon, but that's obviously been put on hold
0: yeah boys that's the end of the show thank you so much again do we have a uh, preview of who we got next week
2: nope nope <laughs> All right. i've got some ideas we'll take we'll circle back offline
0: oh right, beautiful look forward to it thank you for joining us folks again for another episode of on the turnbuckle we'll catch you again next week right here on mypodcasthouse.com